how's everybody today? It's getting close to Christmas for everybody. And I'm so excited to be here with you guys. You have no idea at all. No idea. And we have a special, special series that we're doing today, as well as for the last two or three weeks. And this is part two of the series on grieving around the holidays. There is no such thing, is there? What? There is? I would have never guessed. Nope. There's no triggers at Christmas time. There's no triggers around the holidays, is there? But we have a special guest coming on our show, show today, and her name is Hope Rieger, and she is a grief uh, coach. And our series on grief around the holidays is going to be amazing. We had part one last week. We have part two today, and part three is coming up uh, tomorrow. So she is a founder of Grief to Hope. She is from Ohio. I'm so excited to have her on our show today. And if you are new here, I should tell you who I am. My name is Tina Gim. I am with Your Backup Plan app. I am the creator and the developer of Your Backup Plan. And of course, a best-selling author, like everybody seems to be these days, of in the blink of an eye, just like that. Your life changes in a second. It's probably even less. It's in the blink of an eye. I am an emergency preparedness coach and a financial advisor by trade. We were on all podcast platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. And I need to make a song about that where I can just push the button and it just sings all of those social media. We talk about real life stories on our show. Um, with really amazing guests. For some reason, our internet is having problems. I don't know why. So be patient with us today. We talk about their life-changing events in their lives, tragedies, traumas, sickness, accidents. And in the blink of an eye, your life can change in a second. Something life-changing, something unexpected happens to you or your loved one. And are you prepared? Do you have an evacuation plan? Do you have an exit plan? Do you get a five-minute evacuation notice? In some cases, we don't. So that's what we talk about on our show. And of course, today is focused on grief. And I'm excited to get our party started. So let me get that going right this second and i'll see you on the other side in a flash in the blink of an eye life can change dramatically on our podcast talking taboo with tina we delve into these life-altering events with celebrities authors and everyday people just like you you'll also discover your backup plan app a life organizing tool designed to prepare you for any unexpected circumstance it's your safety net taking the sting out of tragedy Imagine a plan B that ensures your finances are safe, even in the worst case scenario. But it doesn't end there. Join our vibrant Facebook group for free webinars on backup planning and secure your future today. Welcome back. So let's bring on Hope Rieger from Grief to Hope. Whoops, there she is. Hi, Hope. Hi, Tina. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. You know, we've had Hope on our show before, and I'm going to have the link down below in the description box for you to click on it 
because she goes more into her backstory of your past. But today we have a great focus around the holidays, and that's how to deal, have some relief from this grief um, and not get triggered as much, hopefully. Like, I actually go through the day and say, oh, I didn't get triggered today. Or, oh, I was only triggered once today. Oh, today was a bad day. I couldn't get through anything. <laughs> like, But it, it just makes you realize it in a little bit different light. So I'm so happy to have you on. Um, Hope is from Ohio. And her famous quote is, grief changes your entire world. It can also inspire you to change the world. So yeah. where did all of this start for you, Hope? I, I wanted you to kind of give a little bit of a background for our listeners. Absolutely. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me back. Um, a little bit of my background is I lost my son, Justin, um, at, I, I say, Forever 19. Um, he is Forever 19 in 2016 to murder. Um, he and his roommate got into an altercation. Um, which ended up being um, into a violent altercation. And because of a technicality with the placement of where they stood, um, that person filed self-defense and eventually was never charged for his murder. Um, and so in 2016, it was around um, Thanksgiving and the holidays. So those times, these times that we're going through really played a major part in my grief. So one of the things that I that I try to do with Grief to Hope, which is a program that I created in honor of my son, um, it's now a nonprofit organization. Uh, awesome. Recently, yeah, but recently um, that has come to, to fruition. Um, but for the past three years, I lead a Grief to Hope support program just because I couldn't find answers, questions, people that got what I needed, like understood what grief was in losing my son. And, and I've developed and, and created a community of people that are just joined together for the most unfortunate event of their lives. Um, and in all different shapes and sizes, where it's death of loss of their sons, their their parents, their spouses. And we just get together and, and support each other through this program. And it's been incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh-oh. She'll come back on here. There we go. There we go. There we are. Sorry about that. That's okay. We're back. So Awesome. Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, great. So basically, Grief to Hope um, is, again, is something that I created in honor of my son. It's something I focus on in, on each and every day. Um, I have wrote a book in July of 2022. Um, for those that just wasn't comfortable in a support program, but still wanted to hear my story um, as well. So that's where Grief to Hope is. I'm super excited. We start a new session coming up in January. Um, and so if ever you're interested and just want to be around people that get it, come check me out. Awesome. And her link is down below as well. And uh, make sure you like, follow, and share this 
with those that you love and those that are struggling with grief as well. And you can press on that bell and you get notified whenever we post new videos up or go live like this with Hope. Well, thank you so much for Hope um, for giving us a little bit of background. Now, over the holidays, I find it exceptionally difficult. Right from Remembrance Day, <laughs> Mm -hmm. All the way till like January 15th. Mm -hmm. It's the worst. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Absolutely. So mine, um, mine is a double whammy because I lost Justin in November. Um, and it was the week before Thanksgiving. We oh. actually had service the week of Thanksgiving. So that first year, um, it was hard to even acknowledge a holiday, right? Like I don't even think the first year or that that first Thanksgiving with I, I remember just laying in bed, right? Like I didn't get out of bed. And nobody really expected a lot from me. Um the grandkids, once it came became Christmas, um, they didn't understand why Nana, you know, was so upset, of course, because they were young. Um, but Christmas, I remember like holding my breath and getting in my car and going to a store and just trying to hurry up and get things done, get back in my car, drive back into my garage and exhale. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to function normally, normally during the holidays. And that was for yeah. the first month um that I lost Justin and that's that's normal right um I didn't put up a tree I was like I just wanted to get through it and so one of the things that I learned the following year was I needed to set expectations with my family and that was another thing like the first year nobody talked about it like nobody wanted to talk about it nobody brought it up we just got through the day and it was done but that following year, when I knew it was coming around, it was the first sort of like the first of everything. I started to set expectations with my family. And what I did was I said, okay, listen, I want to talk about my son. I want to talk about Justin. I want to set a table, you know, set a place for him at the table. Or, you know, I want to actually do some, you know, memories or talk about certain memories or some traditions or mm -hmm. start new traditions. But the basics of it is, is that I had to set those expectations to wherever I was planning on to attend. One, right. it put me at a relaxed state um, where I felt like there was no expectations, but what I've already prepositioned. Two, it allowed me to say no. If they wanted to do something different, it also provided me the allowance to say, I don't think I'm ready for that. And three, it also allowed them to relax and say, should I not talk about Justin? Should I talk about Justin? Should I bring him up? Should I talk about memories? It sort of was like the elephant in the room. So if you set that expectations with the family before you go through this, it relieves so much pressure of how everything could sort of take place. Yeah. And also give yourself the patience and the ability to say, I'm not okay with that. 
if yeah. they want to do changes. Right. And I think one of the hardest things over the holidays is all the parties and get-togethers and you have to bring something and but you don't know how you're going to be that day. You know, I I talk about these triggers that like I'm just happy if I didn't have a trigger that day. But yeah. it doesn't mean that I know what the trigger is going to be. Like, it's not like you already know that if you walk into a hospital door, it's going to be a trigger. Like, you have no idea. Right. Triggers are hard. And one of the things that I've learned over my experience is um, when triggers come upon us, they are most most of the time, they're a surprise. We <laughs> weren't prepared for them, Right. Um, and we learn something about ourselves with triggers. And so for me, one of the biggest triggers for me was I would see somebody walking and I couldn't understand why that was a trigger for me, but it would bring on so many heavy emotions, especially if it was a young person walking. And so I could be just driving along and literally see somebody walking and it would trigger an emotional avalanche for me I would why do you think uh, that is like that's well, so it's so weird because I know my son and he was 19 and never walked anywhere never walked anywhere a day in his life so I'm like why is this triggering me yeah and so I always would think maybe it's a sign that you know he he's he needs to tell me you know like it, it, he's alone, right? That's what I kept feeling. And so it would remind me and trigger me that he's alone. Like, I don't know where he's at. I don't know what he's doing. He's cold. Like if it was cold outside, I was like, oh my gosh, he's alone and cold. And then what I started to learn about myself with triggers is that as they come in, or if you're aware of what triggers, to change the mindset of it. So it took me a while to finally get to a point, but then I started seeing people walking and then it, I would make my mindset say, he's walking with me. That's him saying, oh. I'm here. That's I'm walking with you, mom. So I would start to, then I would start to look for them. You know, then I would start to see, oh, there's somebody walking. I see you, Justin. And especially if they were a young man, like it would be so it would comforting. Well, yes, comforting. Exactly. So that's where I had to turn my trigger into something different with my mindset to promote something else within my grief. And that's one of the things triggers can do. Um, but also as you trigger, if there's something you're not aware of, give yourself the outlet. So if somebody, like you said, ask about a party, right? They're like, come to our party and, and, you know, be there and bring a gift and, you know, all these kind of things. Simply say, I will do my best, but I can't guarantee that I'll be able to join. And that provides like, I really want to attend, but I don't know how the day is going to be, right? Right. None of us do. There could be anything that causes the anxiety. It could be anything. Yeah. And it could be simply like you just are having one of those days in grief that it just doesn't seem like you have the strength enough to go out and do that. And you right. have that opportunity to say no. So that's where it simply says, it gives says, I want to be there, 
I have every intention of being there, but I, I can't guarantee. And that's right. just where you have to leave it. I think it's so crazy because it could be something in a song. It could be, and you don't really know what part of the song did it. Like, it's just so weird. It could be somebody says something in a movie It could, or a TV show. It could be a phone call that you had that brings up some old stuff of some sort or whatever. It could be so many different things. It can. And a lot of times for me, it could be smells. Like I, a lot of times smells triggers. Like if I somehow yeah. smell um, my son's cologne that he used oh. to wear, or if I smell like if I'm making a meal that he used to like, that could be a trigger. There's so many different things. It could be a song. It could be, yeah. Um, something completely out of that you have no idea where it came from. And it could be a movie, a part of a movie, um, yeah. a television show. Um, it could be a shirt that reminds you. Triggers are everywhere. And you have to incorporate them into your feelings and let them know, one, to feel it. That's right. the one thing. I, the one big thing is to feel that trigger. That trigger is saying to you, hey, this is emotional. Hey, this is causing your emotions. And to feel it. Don't fight it. Feel it. And then realize. What was and then figure about? it out. Yeah. yeah. What was that about? Like, why am I? For me, with, you know, like certain, like the smell of my, my son's cologne, both of my children, both of my sons wear the same cologne. And I buy them. You know, I still buy my oldest son, who's who's still um, with me today. I buy him the same cologne, and so he wears it, and it's still it's nostalgia. Like it's it's almost now is like a warm comfort blanket when I smell it. Before it was or like it bothered you, yeah. Before it was like, oh my gosh, you know. And so you just really have to feel it and acknowledge it and know that it's there. Um, and if you can change the mindset of it, that's awesome. Yeah. Gosh, that's such a hard journey to go through that part. It is. I'm with you guys. Like anybody out there listening to that part, it's tough. It's tough because the first thing you want to do is push it down. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't know what's going on. And I just want to stop crying. Yeah, absolutely. Want to do, right? Absolutely. And we all did it. We all do it. Like I still do it. And like I tell people, it's been seven years. I still have days. I still have triggers. I still have things that bring emotions to me. Um, and, and it's okay to feel that. The, the thing that you need to do is acknowledge it, right? Let it known that it's, it's an emotion. And just like when you laugh at a joke, or when you cry at a sad event, those are emotions that are normal. That's yeah. normal for you to feel that way. It's normal for you to say, whew, that really takes me back, or that really hurts. And it's okay to go through that. It's okay to feel that. And one of the things that I really stress is that you have to give yourself patience. You have to allow yourself patience to go through all of this grief journey and it's a journey and it takes a very long time to get to different 
spots in your journey. I feel grief never goes away. However, I have to learn how to live within the grief. So just because I'm happy and rosy and sunshine most of the time doesn't mean that I don't have those days that cause me anxiety or pain or sadness. But what I have to look at is that I contain that to a day or a morning and then next day focus on a change. Focus on something different. Focus on something that will provide a different outlook for the day. Because what happens a lot of times with grief is you're in that mindset for that day. And then you start to think tomorrow is going to be just as bad as today. And what happens or worse, right? Or, oh my gosh, tomorrow is going to rain today. Today's raining. Tomorrow is going to rain. It's going to be the same pain. It's going to be the same exact. And that's where you have to start looking at, and, and we talked about this, like a vacation, right? Yeah. You get excited about a vacation. You get excited about it. You don't say to yourself, oh, it's going to rain every day and there's going to be a hurricane. No, you go and you're like, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be a beach day. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And we get to spend time with our friends and family and it's going to be amazing. And, and we, we get to go to these restaurants and we get right. to go to these shows and yes. what, whatever and look, it is. Right. And you look forward to it. That's a focus. So what you do for that day is if you are on vacation and it comes to pouring down rain, right? You have to change your focus. You have to change your plans. But that doesn't mean you have to give up on the day. Yeah. That means you just have to find your focus to make things better. To create that atmosphere that says, you know what, it's raining. So let's go look at a museum. Let's go spend time at an amazing restaurant that we haven't tried yet. You find things to make it better. And that's the way that grief is. It's going to have, you're going to have those days. But you've got to confine those days to make sure that they don't start leaking into more and more and more days. Yeah. Do you think you can shorten the pain? That's the trigger at some point. Like, can you say, okay, I'm going to give you two hours to deal with the body or whatever. Yeah. You know, I think it's all in a mindset control. However, I do believe that you have to allow yourself to feel what you need to feel. Um, And if it's the day, it's the day. Um, If you can control the emotion and say, listen, Hope I'm going to let you have till noon and then you're going to get your butt up and go to the gym or you're going to do this or you're going to do that to make yourself feel stronger. Um, it's finding your why. It's finding what inspires you. And it can be something that inspires you every single day, like my son. Um, but within that day, what else inspires you? It could be your family, your career, your job, the gym, the hobby a hobby, a blog, a a podcast. It could be whatever strengthens your inspiration, your passion. And then what happens is you accomplish it, right? So let's say, for example, okay, Hope, I'm going to give yourself till noon, then you're going to get up and you're going to go to the gym. And if you have to cry at the gym, you cry at the gym, but let's, let's focus on something. And so you go into the gym and none of us are smiling going into the gym. Let's be honest. It's, the gym. it's not very fun um, unless you really like it. Uh, but for me, um, I'm like, okay, I'm in here. 
But then on the way out, you're usually smiling, upbeat, and feeling accomplished. And so that starts to build your strength within yourself. And that's what I'm talking about. It may not be the gym. It may be something else. But it's accomplishing something to know that you have the power and control to feel like, I accomplished this. I did what I set out to do and I accomplished it. And that builds strength and courage. That's awesome idea. Really awesome because, oh boy. Um, I mean, we it, it's hard to do something even though you might like the gym, but when you're feeling rotten, it's not like your go-to, right? Right. Um, I think the gym or a walk even. Like, even if you couldn't make it to the gym, well, Tina, maybe I can go for a walk and, and then I'll accomplish that today. Yep. Or I'll do the laundry and I'll go for a walk or whatever it might be, but feel like you've accomplished something at some point in that day. Absolutely. And for a lot of us, those me in general, like I love checklists. And so I write out the day and It can be something as simple as, hey, I folded the laundry, like you said, (laughs) Um, I did the dishes, or even when you're grieving, it could be, I listened to the song that I didn't think I could, um, and I got through it. I was crying, but I got through it. Um, Or it's having those little goals each and every day, and I tell everybody um, in my program that write something down each day that you want to accomplish it. And check it off. And I don't care what that is. I don't care if getting a shower is that. Or waking up and and fixing breakfast. I don't care what that goal is. It's the feeling of accomplishment when you check that off. For me, it's pen and paper. Like, I want to see it come off. But for some of you, it just may be mindset. Like, I really want to um, go through my loved one's photo album or I really have been meaning to load up the car and take some clothes to charity or go to their grave and clean it or go to their grave and actually walk up to the grave. It's all about building that accomplishment and what that feeling of courage, because I'm going to be honest with you. People that are grieving are the strongest people you will ever come across because they are going through the hardest, hardest pain that is not seen. You cannot see grief. You cannot physically see. Yes. You cannot see a broken bone, a broken, uh, you know, a broken foot, a, a shoulder, Um, those kind of things you can see on a person, but grief, you can't physically see. You can't feel the pain. Right. You can't, and you can't take it from them, right? You can't fix them. So the, the base, the major thing to realize with your grief is how incredibly strong you are by doing these little tasks every day in the midst of pain. It is incredible. It's like trying to exercise when your leg was broken or arm was broken or whatever. It's tough to get through because you need to do it, but you know you have to. 
Right. It's like rehab. When you go into rehab you're, for your foot or your back or whatever, it could be very painful, but you have to push yourself to show progress, right? Yeah. You have to push yourself to show progress. And being uncomfortable is the greatest gift you can give yourself because it means you're growing or changing. Right. Being uncomfortable absolutely means you're changing. Well, we don't really like to be uncomfortable, though, Hope. <laughs> Nobody likes to be uncomfortable, right? Nobody likes to be uncomfortable. And when I say uncomfortable, it doesn't have to be painful or, or something. It, it just means out of your comfort, comfort zone, zone, right? Like if I lived in my comfort zone every day, I don't know if I would learn and grow. So being in that comfort zone, I don't know if I would be getting out of bed, right? True. Like when that alarm clock goes off and you're in those warm, comfy blankets and you have the option to snooze or get out of bed, sometimes it's a hard choice to be uncomfortable. And that's what you have to go through to keep moving forward. And it's about changing that comfort. Heck yeah, I'd like to stay in bed all day wrapped up and all cozy. But I have to get into that uncomfortableness to get out, to move, to start my day. And so we make that decision first thing in the morning. Yeah. And it's so hard to, to have some a goal unless you've done what you've said to do and look at the week and look at the day to look forward to some things that you want to, uh, you know, I want to look forward to these this week and I want to accomplish this this week. And I, you know, otherwise you're just going to stay curled up in the bed and why get out of bed? Really? Right. And, and, you know, that's okay too. One, we all have been there. Let's be honest that we didn't get out of bed for the day, but make sure that's not the way we end up living. Right. I get it. Right. There's days I don't get out of bed, whether it's sickness or grief or just um, one of those days. Right. Yeah. I We all have those, but we can't let those lead into days and weeks and months and those kind of things, because we have people that are counting on us. But not only that, we have to look forward to living. And that's what we stop doing a lot of times with grief yeah. is we stop looking forward to living and breathing and and doing things that make us happy because we build this guilt right i was so guilty of thinking that my son would be unhappy if i was happy that my life would be like like literally would be so like I wasn't allowed to be happy again. I wasn't allowed to have a life again. I wasn't allowed to be joyful. And that to me is the opposite of what my son wants. My yeah. son would be devastated if he knew I gave up and said, okay, I'm not going to live anymore. I'm just going to stay here in bed. And that wasn't me. And that wasn't for me. And that's what the choice that you have to make. And it is hard. It is extremely hard to get motivated and focused on something. I get it. But that's where the courage and the strength of you are, you are living this grief. Now we've got to figure out how to live with this grief. 
And that's what it's all about. It's all about finding that why, that inspiration. And it, and it can come from anywhere and it can change at any time. It can be small, it can be big, it could be large, it could be write a book, it could be, you know, make a podcast, or it could be something like, I want to take a shower today. It's accomplishing things that are creating you to keep on living. That's the funniest thing. If so, I really liked one that I actually implement in my life. And I think it was, I think it was you that had mentioned it actually um, a while back in our last show, but it was like, it sounds funny when you said I accomplished to have a shower today. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that is an accomplishment to get your out of your way of yourself. It is. It's but I liked what I liked what you had said. So if if you our listeners are dealing with anybody that um, you call and say, how are you doing today? To that person that's grieving. I liked it better when they would say, how are you doing today on a scale from one to 10? Because then you can say, I'm a one. And then the the person calling knows, well, did you have a shower today? Mm -hmm. Or they can kind of change the uh, the focus. And they don't have to, like, because if somebody said to me, let's just use me as grieving. If somebody called me and said, how are you doing today? Well, it's like when you come home and you've had a bad day at school when you're a little kid and you finally get home. And as soon as you see the door or the steps to the front door or the back door or your mom, what happens? Your whole thing, you just start like exploding of Mm -hmm. of crying and and devastation. Mm -hmm. So I thought when you say, on a scale from one to 10, if the person said, well, I'm an eight today, then you can like talk about topics a little easier. You can talk about, well, would you like to go out today? Or can we go for a coffee? I'd, I'd love to hear that you have an eight day today. Mm-hmm. You know, like make it like it's a excitement of, of progress. I absolutely love that. You didn't get it from me, so I'm going to steal it. I love it. Um, <laughs> I, you know, one of the things that you can do when people are grieving during the holidays and in any time when you are dealing with grief and dealing with a friend that's grieving um, is be inquisitive, but also just take the time to listen. Right. Yeah. And so that if you use that, I'd love it and say, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling today? Um, and they say, I'm a one and I'm really hurting then I say, okay, what, what can we do to change that? Right. Right. How can I change that for you? Um, Or, all right, we need to do some work here. What is it? Let's, let's talk about it and open up and just listen. Right. Right. And that's what people don't understand when people with grief, like, I don't want you to fix me. I don't want you to try to fix me. Like, I, I just want you to listen to what I'm dealing with because Sometimes, most of the time, um, people that we come encounter with when we're grieving don't 
have never felt it, have never felt that specific grief. And all griefs are, are different, right? Everybody yeah. grieves differently. And I say this, this is unique as a fingerprint, snowflake. And if you start to compare your grief of grandma to my grief to my son, it's going to be completely opposite and completely different. Yeah. And it's not that it's different in severity. It's different in the way that I'm grieving. And so if you allow me to tell you exactly what I'm feeling, you can tell me from your experience what you felt, but don't do this. Oh, I know exactly what you're going through. Yeah. Especially if you don't. And one of the things with grief to hope is like, we've learned in our programs that we all are different in different ways. And sometimes we grieve a certain way in year three, where some people are in year one and, and, you know, some people never experience it and some people always experience it and it's always different. But if you're and it not, could be accumulative grief too, oh not my just gosh. one thing, like it could be the loss of your child and then the loss of your father or, or the loss of your job or having to move. And it could be an accumulation of stuff. You're exactly so, right. And one of the things is, that struggles is like, is not to compare your grief to a past grief. Um, you know, for example, I, I lost my grandma, but that grief was different than my loss of my son. And so we have to understand that when we talk to people about grief is that you may have had the same circumstance, yeah. ironically, but it's still going to be different um, in a different you know, and same thing for like this type of loss, right? Where we have a lot of biases when it comes to suicide or cancer or, or um, I was just talking to someone the other day about, you know, how we get treated when we lose somebody to suicide compared to a cancer or drug overdose compared to a health issue. Um, where you have time to be with them before they pass right. away that's exactly like you got to you say know, goodbye I, I can't say one's better or worse than the other they're just different exactly that they're just different and what i found out is people react differently towards us when we're talking to people since we're talking about calling people up please don't treat it differently there's still that loss so if I lose my son to suicide or if I lose my son to murder, I am still grieving mom. It's not, there should never be any biases with how no. my son was taken. And so be aware of that when you talk to people as well. Like I know people would feel differently talking to me as my son was murdered than somebody, you know, that overdosed or right. suicide. So we've got to be mindful of that. I know or cancer or something. Yes, it's going on a different topic, you know, completely. But there are so many biases that we have to be very, very careful for when we reach out to our friends. At the end of the day, a loss is a loss. Right. And that should be what's being treated. I did like it when um, one of the guests I had on had also said, grief the pain of grief is based on the love. Mm -hmm. 
So even a pet can die and you have to grieve. So I don't like it when some people would say, well, at least you had that time with them before or, or whatever it might be. Like, just don't even talk about that stuff. I love that. Let me just tell you, one of the things that I've learned and you've learned, I'm sure, grieving is that we have to be more patient with people saying uh, two things to us than we have saying things to them. And it's really comes from the heart. Most of the time, it really is. I've had somebody say to me, well, at least you have your older son. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm grateful I have my older son. I'd love to still have my younger son. So, and it was from the heart, right? Like they really meant that um, to be something comforting to me. It and wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> and the things that people say, you know, just be aware of what you say. And the one advice that I can give, if you don't know what to say, Say that. Say, I don't know what to say. That's I don't perfect. know. Right. And I would be like, that's okay. I just want you to be here. Or I'm just glad you're here and supporting me in any way. And so when people try to, and we all do it, I did it. Like you always try to say something comforting and, and, you know, you think it's the right thing to say, or they're in a better place, or, um, you know, you got 19 years with them, or, and you're like, those kind of things, and believe it or not, those stick with me. Those awkward things that people say stick with me harder than probably anything, or any, or any memory that I had at that time, because it, it, it gave me an emotion of anger, right? Right. And so when people say those things out of the goodness of their heart, it caused a pain that that was hurtful. And so just be aware. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. Just say that or say, I'm here for you. I don't know yeah. what you're going through, but I'm here. And that's, that's okay. perfect. Yeah, because I, I always describe it like, it's like the hair on your top of your skin on your arm. So you walk around with this grief and it's like all the hair is standing straight up on your mm -hmm. arm. That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. So as soon as somebody says something like, will you still have your other son? Well, now while your hair is just magnetized, now that that just hits it and just like, makes you feel like all of your hair everywhere is just like sticking straight up. It's because you're so sensitive. Oh you're, yeah. You're just like, everything just hits that. It's like anybody ever have a sore on your hand, like your hands are the worst where, you know, you get uh, burned or you have, you have a cut on them. How many times do you hit it in a day? Mm -hmm. It's like, it stands out and it's there to be hit. That's what it feels like. And that's what I feel like grief is. It, it's like this cover around you that is sensitized. And then as soon as something comes at it, it pokes it. And it, it makes it more worse. 
Oh, I completely agree. I think when you're grieving, especially in the first in the first few months to a year, everything seems to affect the grief. Um, and it's sometimes it can be uh, it, it can affect you majorly, right? For yeah. the day or the afternoon, or like you can't get it off your mind. You, you know, especially if somebody says something, you're like, why would you say that? You know, and and we have to we have to provide ourselves a little bit of patience along with everybody else. Um, and I know it's it's terrible to say like we're in the midst of grief and we have to give everybody else patience, but <laughs> it, it's really true. Like you sometimes have to give patience. It's like I say with expectations that we talk about. Our expectations are our expectations, and so when people don't live up to our expectations, especially with grief, like yeah. a lot of times this, this sort of same along the lines where people disappear because yeah. they don't know what to say. Um, and they're just like, I didn't know what to tell you. I didn't know what to tell. So I just avoided you. Right. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, I thought you were close to me. I thought you were, you know, my best friend or, and you just left me in my time of really needing somebody is that that's our expectation right and yeah. their expectation is different where they can't quote unquote handle the grief or fix you and so they avoid you right. and so we have to be very careful with ourselves to say it's okay it's okay um and if you have to um leave that relationship because of the way that they made you feel because um, a lot of times that trust is broken once you're like you left me in the time i needed you the most yeah um sometimes that's really hard but we have to look at it as i expected you to be there right right same thing with like i tell everybody this story or this 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 way of looking things is i expect my husband to take out the trash every day but that's my expectation that's yours He's not expecting to take the trash out. He's probably thinking, I expect you to take the trash out every day. And so when they don't live up to our expectations, then we get angry. And that's why we have to look at, okay, was that my expectation of that? Like my expectations was you were going to take that trash out. But did I ever tell you that? Did I ever show you that? Did I ever, you know, relay that to you? And that's the same thing with marriage. Like, you know, I expect you to be this amazing man. And when you don't live up to these expectations, I'm crushed. But then we have to realize that those are my expectations and that they may have a whole different set. So we have to, again, give each other grief and, and, or give each other patience with grief as well as give patience. Yeah. And. I think with your hair standing up because you're so sensitive. Now, if I was to have someone say to like, say I'm you and somebody says, well, you still have your other son. I recognize that, that it, that bothers me in that instant. But then I just look at my arm and I flick it off. Cause <laughs> I love then, that. I'm, then I'm taking it and I'm like, that's okay. I recognize you. Goodbye. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that's amazing if you can do that. I mean, there's stuff that I still remember hearing at the funeral um, and days after um, that I have to realize was 
everybody had the best intentions. And if they didn't have the best intentions, I got to figure out within myself, why, why would you say that? Right. So, um, yeah, be very, if you can flick it off and shove it off, that's even better. Love it. I, I, yeah, because I think if you can recognize it, like you Mm -hmm. said, when you recognize it, is that my expectation or are they being mean or like you could go into hours upon hours about worrying about it and thinking about it. And is it worth it? Right. How much energy have you put? Yes, exactly. Tina, how much energy have you put into this, this, this notion, this statement? Um, yeah, can sometimes be consuming. And we do that in our normal day to day life, right? Right, right. But it's that hair Mm -hmm. is very sensitive on your arm. (laughs) I love that. I love it. Yeah. um, Now, what I also don't like over the holidays, and I'm sure there's lots of listeners out there, is that people have good intentions. And, but you don't take them as good intentions when they say it. So I'll give you an example. Okay. So somebody says, oh, but please come to my party, my potluck or my Christmas party. I, it's going to be so much fun and I really want you to come. Well, that's very sweet. It's very nice. And I should feel like I do want to do that. But I don't. Oh, so you're feeling, yeah. So like, you just don't have the energy to like put on that grief mask and walk into another party, right? Well, because they're having so much fun. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sit with me because you're not in the fun mode. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, why would I want to go and be around people and laugh? That's terrible. And have Uh, fun. Right. Heaven forbid, but no, seriously, with grief, there are days and times when you just don't want to feel that emotion, right? Whether it's sadness or happiness or joy or whatever it is, and you have to be okay with that within yourself. And so there is, there was so much, so many times I was angry. And especially when it first happened with Justin, I was very angry at everybody and everything. So to walk into what pissed me off the most was walking into a Walmart or a a store of some kind and some lady saying, hey, Christmas, how are you today? And I'm like, I just lost my son a month ago. Are you kidding me? Like, um. And then it got to the point where I had to change my mindset and say, they don't know anything about me. They don't know what I'm going through. Their intentions are so um, unintentional where they're just trying, right. They're just doing their job. They're trying to be. And then it became where I would be sort of relaxed that when somebody would ask me, how are you? It wasn't, how are you? It was, how are you? And I would say, fine. And we go along our day. And I would be like, thank God I didn't have to explain my story. Or thank God I didn't have to say how exactly how I felt. And so there was different ways of going about it. But having a good time and, and enjoying fun. And and we all do it, right? Whether we're yeah. grieving or not. Sometimes you're just not 
ready for it or you're just not okay with it for that time. You have to be okay with that. You have to say, I, it sounds amazing, but I'm just not, I'm just not ready for that today. Or, um, you know, it's hard to get past the anger of everybody else. And we do it on social media too. Everybody has this amazing life on social media. Like nobody has any crap. Like everybody is living these amazing lives, have amazing marriages, have amazing, you know, their kids are great. They get straight A's, blah, blah, blah. And we have this fantasy world and that creates a negative for when things go bad in our lives, right? right? Like I'm not living up to the Joneses or I'm not happy like such and such. And so we build up some anger and frustration. And that's but we where really we, don't know if they're really happy or not. Really? Right. Right. And you don't know what anybody else is going through is where I'm going with this. Like you never know what anybody else is going through. So if it sounds fun and, and you think, gosh, why, you know, why can't I have fun? Why can't I go to this party? Why, why do I have to be so angry? One of the things I say out loud all the time is why do I have to visit my son in a grave? Why do I have to come here to visit my son on his birthday and on Christmas? Why can't, why, 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 why? But then we have to look at the reasons behind it and understand to give ourselves the patience and allow ourselves to feel the way that we feel honestly and that it's okay and that we still can live and have joy and have happiness even though we have those bad times, even though we have those anger moments, even though we have those sad times, those are specific times in a lifelong of emotions. And so when you're angry at certain people, don't stay there, right? Don't stay there and allow yourself to become bitter and anger and angry and hateful. Just know that at that point in time, that's upsetting and it's angry. But there's other points in your life that's going to be happy and joyful. And and you have to experience all of those. I say it all the time. If you didn't have sadness, you wouldn't know what happiness is. If you didn't have dark, you wouldn't know what light is. And so that's where we have to say as grievers, I felt, I feel the worst pain. I know what that darkness is. But I also know what lightness is. I know the light. I know what the difference is because I've been there. Right. And I know that I can get through this darkness and there'll be light. But I also know I can handle if there's another darkness. Right? Yeah. That's where we have to get to because unless some God forsaking miracle, you never have another death or another darkness or another you know, horrific thing and and tragedy in your life, which I hope nobody has to. But if you go through this darkness into light, you know that you can manage another darkness. And that's what it's all about. Especially when you can say, hey, I'm doing okay with this. I got it. You know, Um, I wanted to mention about um, uh, being asked out to a holiday event. And I don't know if you can bring yourself back to feeling, I mean, we all feel worse over Christmas. Mm -hmm. Let's, 
I mean, it's a fact. Mm -hmm. When you have, when you're sensitive and everything is just sitting on top of your hair here, it, it's tough. So if I was to ask you, Hope, um, come to our house Christmas party. Um, you don't have to bring anything. I just want you to come. And I want you to have fun. And we're all going to be so, it's going to be so much fun. And I'd really like you to come. If they asked you like that, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel like you want to go? Or does it make you feel like, oh, don't know. I think it depends on where I'm at. Um, it, it also depends on the atmosphere. Um, it depends on the expectations. If I can set expectations about the party, um, you know, if somebody comes at me and says, it's going to be so much fun and, you know, we want you to be here and it's going to be incredible. And I just lost my son right. months before. But they have all good intentions. Absolutely. Right? I, absolutely. That to me would be I could do one of two things. I could say, thank you. I appreciate it, but I'm not ready. Or two, I will try to make it, um, but I'll probably have some expectations. Can I tell you about those? And if that doesn't vibe with you, um, I don't want to be sort of like the Debbie Downer, right? You don't want to come and, and create an atmosphere either, right? right? That's another thing with grievers is like, I've heard, and, and this hasn't happened to me, but people won't intentionally invite you because they think you are grieving and you will not have fun and you will bring everybody down, right? Right. That has happened, right? I've heard. So that hurts too. That hurts too when you're not invited, right? Um, or when it's like a couples, like you've lost your spouse and it used to be, you know, six of six couples getting together for Christmas and you exchange gifts and blah, blah, blah. And now that, you know, Sally lost her husband, we're not going to invite Sally because it'll be too depressing for everybody. And it's our season, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it happens, right? Right. And so I think, you know, you got to be honest. First off, be honest with people that sometimes their intention is to fix you and oh we're gonna have so much fun and you won't feel like you're grieving and you know you'll just enjoy yourself because nine times out of ten um it's hard when it but first when grieving, it, it's like right um that like sounds like just too much fun for me you know? right <laughs> that sounds too sounds hard like. for me to handle right yeah. and like and that's where you say that that's a trigger you know like I don't know if I can handle being around people on the holidays and being joyful. And I I'm feeling these feelings of guilt when I laugh or when I, you know, when I think I'm having a good time, I'm just not in a good place to be at a family function or to be at a party. Um, or you can simply say, I'll try, I'll try it. But if it gets to be too much, I may have to leave. Right. right. And that's where those are all good options. Absolutely. You have to allow yourself the freedom to choose and be okay with saying no. So let's turn the table from the perspective of me asking you to the party and being really happy and saying, you know, we're all going to have so much fun and I want you to be there and you're really going to enjoy it with all good intentions, of course. 
what could they say it differently? How could that look like? How could they say it differently to you, Hope, that you could actually say right away, that sounds like I could manage that. That sounds like I could do that. I love that. I love that question. And the biggest thing is to say, how would you feel if we, you know, held this party? How would you feel coming? Can you give me some ideas of how to make it comfortable for you? Because I know it's going to be hard or I know it's going to be emotional. So this is my plan. Okay, Tina, I, you know, Tina, I know you're, you're in the midst of grief and I really want you to come and enjoy this party, but I want to make sure that you're comfortable. What can we do together to make that happen? Yeah. And it's very, and then if you said that to me, I would be like, wow, you really care how I feel? Yeah. Or you really want me to like be there? Because to me, if you say something like that, like, how can we do this together? First off, it makes me feel like you really want me to be there. You're right. not just doing a pity invite. Right. Two, two, you can set expectations with all of your other guests and say, listen, I talked to Hope. And she's completely cool with coming, but these are some guidelines. Um, if you, you know, you can do this or do that for her, that would be awesome. It's just, if you invite me with the intention of saying, I really want you to be there. How can we make this happen? It's much more inviting than it's going to be lots of fun. And you're, you're not going to think of care in the world. And because then you have expectations on me that as a griever, I'm going to come and have fun. What if yeah. I don't come and have fun? Then your expectations is that yeah. I, you, you failed, right? It, well, it is really scary. It is scary. Right. It is. As soon as they say you're going to have lots of fun, I think, well, I don't know about that. Right. What if I don't? Who's, who's going to be, you know, feeling right. like I'm going to feel like a failure because you told me I was going to have fun. You're going to feel like a failure because you said I was going to have fun. So I think and it's how do you know I'm going to have fun? <laughs> like right. that's so, it's so right. stupid, really, all right. of it, right? It is. Because they it have is. all good intentions. It does. <laughs> it does. Just make it a warm welcome and how can they do it together is the biggest, yeah. biggest thing. And I guess family's no different, right? Oh, gosh, no. They're the family's probably the worst because um, friends and family are different when it comes to grief for me. Um my friends are bigger supporters in grief and my journey than some family is. And I think it's because my family knows me probably better than friends when it yeah. comes to my livelihood, how I live, how I breathe, how I, um, my personality, um, and how I was at a younger age. They just know a lot about me, right? right. My friends may not know as in, you know, all the things that I've gone through in my childhood and those kind of things. So family um, sometimes aren't as supportive. And what I'm finding out through Grief to Hope, the program, is a lot of people expected their family to be more supportive than strangers or friends. Yes. And sometimes that's not the case uh, because well, it's our expectations. Correct. 
And exactly, our expectations are my family is going to be giving me this love and support and kindness and patience. And sometimes, and, and it happened to me, where mine wanted me, certain family wanted me to go back to normal. They kept saying, you need to go back to work and get back to normal. You need to go back to, you know, you need to go back to the old hope. You need to go back to that hope. Like, like I was going to flip a switch and, and be right back to that version before Justin. Yeah. Like just a second here. Let me just dial it. Right. Let me turn this back to the old version hope. And I tell everybody I'm version 2.0. I am a different hope now after my son passed. And in some ways, I'm even better. And what I mean by that, I'm more grateful, more patient. I'm more um, hopeful. I'm more of a dreamer. I'm more of a not waste time, not procrastinate. But I'm also that hope that that has gone through extreme reality, (laughs) right, amount of pain that um, can sometimes wipe me off my feet. And so it changes you and there's never going to be that version 1.0. Right. Um, and sometimes it, sometimes it's hard for families to feel, um, comfortable around you when you're not that same person that they know and friends are more forgiving. Yeah. Right. Plus they don't know all the details underneath all of Right. Friends are oh way more I can't believe how long we've been talking. Um, we could talk about this for all afternoon, literally. Absolutely. I'm so thrilled to have you come on the show, Hope, to talk about this. Because it's all this holiday stuff, like just going to the cashier and they're saying, Merry Christmas, what are you going to do when you get home? Or... You know, they're so jolly and, oh, what are you going to do this weekend at Christmas or whatever? And you feel like saying, shut up. <laughs> right, right. That's where I had to learn. That's where I had to learn to flip that switch and say, oh, my gosh, they don't know anything about me. So yeah. I can say fine and move on. I and know not it's hard at first, that. though. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is hard at first. Let me tell you, um, one of the things that I struggled with the most was, um, I had to find Justin's clothes for his funeral. And the cashier said, oh, where would you like the receipt? And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not bringing this back. How could this lady say this? You know, I was so appalled by that lady saying where I want the receipt. And I was like, okay, she has no idea what I'm going, what I'm doing, what I'm feeling. So sometimes it's okay to feel that anger we just have to to remind ourselves where they're coming from. Yeah. What kind of final message would you like to tell the listeners? Be patient with yourself during these holidays. Um, grief is hard and every day is hard, but you will find that inspiration each and every day to keep moving forward. And be okay with being patient and saying no. And most of all, establish those boundaries that you need wherever you're at in your grief journey. That sounds awesome. We've, take, we've talked about a lot of different things here and we've only touched it, honestly. 
Yeah. So maybe we should do a after holiday one too, because there's that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, comment down below if you guys want us to do another one, because I, uh, there's so many different holidays going, you know, each month too, that mm -hmm. puts another perspective on things again. And you just thought, geez, I just got through Christmas. <laughs> I know. And sometimes it, it's, you know, those angel anniversaries. It's the, it's their birthdays. It's the date of death. Your birthday. Your birthday. Mother's Day was a big one for me. Um, you know, it was hard because I, you know, my oldest son is the only one that calls me mom now. Yeah. And so that was very hard for me as well. So all these holidays, you just got to prepare yourself and, and know and and put on a focus for the day, yeah. whether it's not anything. That's yeah. OK, too. Just putting the garbage out or mailing a letter or whatever little thing it might be. Yeah. Putting your socks on. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever you, can you be feel is happy okay. or sad. I think our internet may have went down. There we are. Oh, there we are. That's weird today. Maybe it's being used a lot or something. I don't know what it is. But it's the holidays, Tina. It's the holidays. It's, it's like, hi, we're back. <laughs> well, I loved our show today. Thank you so much again, Hope, for, for doing this for us. And, um, and listeners, comment down below if and tell us your little story about how you're struggling or or what it made you talk to others about. Perhaps maybe it changed a, a way that you are talking to someone who's grieving. Um, hopefully it has. I mean, we try, don't we hope to just touch one person? Because you you um, there's so many ways of looking at it and so many ways of dealing with it and who knows what's right it just i liked what you said on how to deal with being asked and how to deal with being asking others who are grieving it, it's it's that time that's so sensitive for each person so thank Absolutely. you thank you so much for having me it's been amazing as always with you awesome awesome so if you are thinking about that special someone right now that you haven't talked to in a while make sure that you pick up the phone, knock on their door, FaceTime them, Zoom time them, whatever it is, but make sure you tell them how much you love and care about them today because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And don't take things for granted because everything can change in the blink of an eye. Um, and make sure you like share and subscribe to our channel down below as well and mike tyson says everyone has a plan till you get punched in the mouth yeah i have talked to so many people do you have a backup plan yeah i've done my will oh he looks after all of that really you think so wait till it actually happens Wait till it actually happens and then you get punched in the mouth. That's what I say. Because I have 
talked to so many people and they're all put in the same boat. Sometimes you can find things after someone passes away. Sometimes you can't. And it just adds to your grief and the pain. And that's what I want to help remove so that you can take that time to actually grieve and, and, and love the family that you do have and friends that are around you grieving as well. So that being said, I always end with Carol Burnett, like Hope knows. And I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started. And before you know it, comes a time we have to say so long. So long, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow on another episode of a series of grief over the holidays. And we'll have Hope come back in January and talk about after the holidays because that's another one too so thank you for coming on hope thank you thank you you know i love you and i love all of you so take care and stay safe till next time bye